Hi everyone, welcome to Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. I'm your host, Dr. Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at outgrow.co. And for this month, we are going to interview Matt Wolf, who is the co-founder of Evergreen Profits, a company that helps set up strategic marketing systems for businesses. Thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited. Great to have you here. And so we're going to start with a rapid fire round just to break the ice. Try to keep your answers to one word or one sentence only. Sure. Okay. Uh, the first question is, how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings? Hmm. Two hours. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> That's the max we've ever heard. Okay. Well, how I have a whole hours... routine, so maybe maybe that'll be a question for a different time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Uh, six. Okay. Neil Patel or Gary Vaynerchuk? Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay. The first movie that comes to your mind when I say the word ambition. Oh, there's a movie that comes to mind, but I'm drawing a blank on the name. Um, the Pursuit of Happiness. Okay. The biggest mistake of your career? I can't think of one off the top of my head. Um, okay. No, that's fine. Giving presents or getting presents? Giving. Okay. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? One. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? Persuasion. Persuasion. Okay. Fill in the blank. An upcoming marketing trend is blank. Mm. Wearable technology. <laughs> mm -hmm. And finally, your favorite Tiger King character. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. What, what was the, the main guy's name? <laughs> um, I don't even remember. <laughs> Joe Exotic, Joe Exotic. Yeah, Joe Exotic. Think, yeah? okay, it feels fair. like so long ago. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? I need to update that question with Clay something else. We made this like around the Corona times. Uh, but anyhow, that's the end of the rapid fire round. Let's go on to the bigger questions. Cool. Uh, the first one is, what is a common mistake uh, bloggers often make while starting out? So when it, when it comes to blogging, um, you know, the I, I think a lot of people overthink consistency they overthink how often they need to blog so they, they'll put out a lot of junk content to keep up with consistency as opposed to focusing on fewer quality pieces of content i'd say mm. that's probably the biggest mistake i see is is people go oh i want to i want to have a, a daily blog or a weekly blog but then they get so consumed by releasing on that schedule that the quality of the content really suffers and it really does their business no favors yeah, I particularly associate with that. I just find it almost crazy to find people who are like tweeting every day a new blog piece. I'm just like, why? Why is there? I just feel like somewhere in the corner of the internet, there's all this content accumulating and there's going to be an information glut, a complete information glut. Like historians will have like <laughs> so much bullshit to go over. I guess. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the historians of the future are going to be algorithms and uh, AIs, but uh, hopefully, <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> but but that's even worse, though, right? Imagine an algorithm assuming that this is exactly what humanity wanted to produce, whereas <laughs> it was just actually someone trying to produce something at every week <laughs> or something. I don't know. 
uh, but interesting. Uh, but because I really associate with that. The next qu- next question is: What inspired you to build Evergreen Profits? And how did there was a need for a company like that? So Evergreen Profits itself has been this this sort of long evolution. That's you know to to use a pretty commonly used term. It's pivoted a lot. Uh, so when we first started our business back in about two thousand seven. We were purely just focused on on blogging. The whole point of the business was to put out good content. We were we were in a couple spaces. We we had a, a blog in the personal finance space, and we had a blog in the health and fitness space. Um, I ran more of the finance blog. My partner Joe Fear he ran more of the fitness blog. And so in the early days, we were just trying to put out good content. Um, we uh, this was sort of around the time we read the Four Hour Work Week from Tim Ferriss. We got kind of ex- inspired by his blog. We were reading um, Ramit Sethi's blog quite a bit, um, the "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" blog, and we just both really wanted to put out content. And in the very beginning, it wasn't really something we were thinking about as a business. We kind of just it was more of a, a learning tool for us. If I was blogging about personal finance, then inevitably I would learn a lot more about personal finance and get better with my own personal finances. And the same goes on the health side. The more we blogged about it, and the more we researched and the more we sort of dug down those rabbit holes and sort of taught what we were learning, the better our, we would get at it ourselves. And that was initially how the business started. But over the years, what kind of happened was um, those, those blogs did eventually monetize and we did start making money off of them. And one of them we actually sold and one of them actually to this day still it is live and is still running. The content is less frequent, but it's still going. And we we made money off of these blogs. And so what, hap- what started happening is, is friends and peers and family members started asking us more and more about blogging. And we decided, okay, well, let's pivot into education about how we're doing this blogging and this content marketing and all of this stuff we're doing. So we started creating training and uh, another blog about blogging and, and marketing. And so it sort of evolved into now we're teaching the blogging and the marketing and how to monetize these websites. And then inevitably it turned into, well, I'll pay you a good amount of money if you just do it for me. So we kind of turned into an agency for a little while where we were just doing the blogging and the content marketing for people. And th- there was just this sort of evolution where we we did what we wanted to be doing, and then people came to us and asked us to go to another level with it, and we tacked that onto our business, and it sort of expanded. And then over time, we started chopping off the stuff we didn't like doing. We no longer do any agency work or or building anything for anybody. Now our focus is it's almost come full circle again, where all we really focus on now is just putting out good content and being consistent but being consistent at a very high level of quality so there's there's just kind of been that that whole evolution where we we started with content marketing then we started do like teaching it and doing a whole bunch of it for people and now we've come all the way back around to where all we really do is focus on content again Mm, interesting uh and you also do a podcast Uh, what is the best part about being a podcaster according to you Oh, just getting to know a ton of people. I mean, um, you know, m- my partner and I, we sort of pride ourselves on on our network and the the amount of people we know and the the sort of uh, amounts of knowledge we have on tap from the network that we've created through this podcast. When we first started our, our podcast, I mean, we started podcasting back in 2010, had a little bit of a hiatus and then started again in in 2017 and we've been going consistently two episodes a week since uh, January of 2017 so we're pushing 
four years now. Um, so the the network back when we first started podcasting, we knew, you know, five or six other entrepreneurs, you know, Joe and I were entrepreneurs ourselves, but we didn't really know a lot of people in the the entrepreneurial space. And we had a few friends, we brought those friends on the podcast, they introduced us to other marketers and entrepreneurs and really successful people. And over time, the, the network just expanded and became this like spider web to now I feel like there's really nobody almost on earth that I can't get a hold of because somebody mm -hmm. in our network has a connection. Yeah, I felt that as well. Like even for our podcast, a lot of them just come from referrals or someone knows someone. So it's like a whole web. Uh, that's an interesting way you describe both the podcasting thing and the uh, blogging thing because it's just building networks and being consistent, right? Yeah. It's, uh, uh, any actionable tips for building the right brand with your podcast? Um, I mean, if, if you're not interested in the stuff you're talking about, you're not going to keep mm -hmm. up with it. So I'd say the the number one piece of advice I could give for a podcast is make sure that you're talking about and talking with people that are topics that you're interested in. Um, you know, early on when we, we when we were first starting to podcast, we were kind of allowing anybody on our show that kind of wanted to be on the show, anybody who would reach out to us and say, hey, I'd love to be on your show. We'd say, sure, come on, let's let's see how it goes. And we ended up getting a lot of sort of really generic podcast episodes where a lot of our guests were just kind of giving us um, like like cliches and 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 you know, uh, they, they were trying to get like their, their, their talking points out, but they weren't really giving mm -hmm. a lot of like actionable, valuable, amazing information to our guests. So we had to sort of evolve and, and, and clamp down over time on who we actually allowed on the podcast. And we had to start creating these, these filters. So I think that's really, really important. A, make sure you're talking about something that you really, really enjoy talking about. And quite honestly, it doesn't need to be something with a big audience. I think a lot of people think, well, I need to have a, a business podcast or a fitness podcast or, you know, something very general because the audience is bigger. But what we've actually seen in the podcasting space is the more sort of niche down you get with who you're talking to and what you're talking about, the more mm. potential success your podcast has. So, you know, you got to love what you do. You got to sort of filter who you bring on. Don't don't just bring on anybody. Make sure it's somebody that you think your, your audience is going to be interested in. And then, um, you know, yeah, I, I think uh, that's probably some of the best advice I can give on on getting going with the podcast, because if you're planning on being in it for the long haul, make sure it's something that you love doing. So what flow do you have right now for your podcast for choosing someone? So for, for the most part, our podcast gets now are either people we already know so we'll you know the, the the people that we've networked with when we go to events or when we go on other podcasts or you know the, the the network that we that we've been creating we usually invite people that are already in our existing network or it's a referral from somebody in our existing network so when somebody reaches out cold maybe through our contact form or they find our email on you know hunter.io or whatever and they email us and they ask to be on the podcast most of those emails we just kind of don't even respond to it. We, we get too many of them. I mean, between my partner, uh, Joe and I, we probably get about 20 of those types of emails a day of people asking to be on the show. And so those we, we just don't even have the time to sort of filter through and research the people and see if they make a good fit. So the, the people that end up on the show are either in our existing network, or they're people that 
were referred by somebody that we really trust in our network. And really that's, that's it. I think there's been two people on our podcast ever who have reached out cold that we didn't know before we brought them on the show. Interesting. Uh, the next question is if you could have any guests on your podcast, who would you choose and why? Let's see. That's a good question. Um, <laughs> we we actually have uh, what we we have a dream one hundred list, a list of all of the, oh. the the people we'd love to have on our podcast. Um, and I think right now our dream one hundred list sits at about ninety eight people. So we're we're almost at that full one hundred number. Um, for the most part, I feel like everybody that we've really really wanted to have on this show, we've managed to get on the show. Um, I would say if there's one that I don't think we'll actually be able to get, but I would absolutely love to sit down and have a conversation with him would be um, Deval Ravikant. Uh-huh. Okay. And what do you think is the most untapped source of gaining traffic on your blog? Uh, probably podcasting. <laughs> I know it, it's probably a, a, a very expected answer from me who's super immersed in the podcasting world, but the, the largest growth we've had for our own podcast and for our own business has literally been going on other podcasts like this one and just having great conversations and sharing what we're all about and, you know, giving bits of wisdom and ideally people listen to something like this and go, Oh, I like the types of things they talk about. I'm going to go check out their show. I'm going to go check out their business. So quite honestly, going on other podcasts is probably one of the most underrated traffic strategies. Um, you know, I'm a big fan of finding the people that have built audiences and, you know, figuring out how, how to get in front of existing audiences and maybe a small percentage of those audiences will migrate over and become part of our audience. So that's, that's really our, our philosophy these days. Okay. That's interesting. And do you think there are too many podcasts out there or, uh, do you think how, how, how much is the market saturated with podcasts? Do you think? Uh, I think we're, I don't think it's saturated really at all, especially the more niche you get, there's mm -hmm. less and less saturation. But if you look at, if you look at podcasting, I think we just passed the million podcast threshold where there's like something like a million podcasts out there now. Um, but when you look at blogs, there's like, you know, I, I don't know the exact numbers. Yeah. I'll, I'll be speaking off the top of my head, but you know, there's tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of blogs out there. So when you kind of compare blogging to podcasting, podcasting is not even close to where, where blogging is, right? There, there's, there's still a lot of open space there. And then when it comes to like actually niching down your podcast and speaking to a very sort of ideal avatar, then it, it opens up even more. And I, I think as long as you're not trying to, to be the next Joe Rogan podcast where mm -hmm. anything goes, you just talk about whatever's on your mind, <laughs> those podcasts are really, really, really hard to succeed unless you're somebody that has an existing platform before starting the podcast. You know, guys like Joe Rogan and Dak Shepard and Tim Ferriss and, and some of these, these examples of guys that kind of will talk about almost anything on their show well, they had massive platforms before they ever hit record on their first podcast episode. I was going to ask you, so what are some of the podcasts that you like listening to? Uh, so I actually don't listen to many business related podcasts. I, I do enjoy the Joe Rogan show from time to time. Um, if he's got an interesting guest on, I like to listen to that. Um, I think Jack Shepard has a really good podcast, The Armchair Expert. I actually listen to a lot of podcasts where it's sort of celebrities interviewing other celebrities, which 
you know, is, I don't know why, it's just it's kind of what I'm into. I think a lot of those people are really, really good interviewers. So I'm almost listening more to, to hone in my interview skills and, and, and see how these people are interviewing people more so than like what the get, how the guests actually respond to the questions. Um, when it comes to sort of the, the business marketing podcasts, there's a few that I, I, I really like. Um, there's one called Business Lunch with Roland Frazier. Um, I'm, I'm good buddies with, with Roland and I've, I really, really enjoy his podcast. Um, there's one, uh, Mike Dillard's podcast is a really good one. I think it's just called the Mike Dillard show. Uh, I'll tune into Tim Ferriss's show from time to time. Uh, if he has a guest that really interests me, I'll, I'll probably listen to, you know, one in 10 of his episodes. Um, mm. yeah, that, that's, that's, I mean, I listen to about, I'll make it through about one podcast episode every three days, you know, cause I'll, I'll be listening to podcasts while I'm out walking my dog or I'm doing a workout or something. I'll listen to podcasts during these sort of small windows that I get during the day. So, you know, an hour and a half, two hour, you know, all the way up to like three hour podcasts, like Joe Rogan's show. Some of these shows will take me, you know, three days to a week just to finish one episode. So I, I don't listen to a ton of podcasts. I listen to, um, you know, a few episodes of a few shows. Hmm. So there's not anyone that you religiously follow? Uh, not that I can think of. Um, no, not really. Uh, oh, the, the Conan O'Brien podcast is, is a, he's probably the one that I listen to almost every episode he puts out because I think mm -hmm. they're hilarious, but I don't know if there's a lot of, uh, benefit from a business marketing perspective of listening to his show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And how do you think podcasting compares to vlogging? I mean, I think they're 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 slowly merging together. I think mm -hmm. um it, it a lot of people call their vlog and their YouTube channel their podcast and a, a lot of podcasters now are recording video with with our show for the first 3 years of recording, first two and a half years. Um, we never recorded video for any of our podcasts. We just did pure audio. And then we brought in a, um, a, a guy to help run some ads for us. And we brought in somebody to manage a YouTube channel for us. And because we brought in those two guys, they started asking us to shoot video and record podcasts. So now all of our podcasts actually get repurposed into YouTube videos. So I, I really kind of feel like they they intersect and they they're they're slowly merging together. I think in the truest sense, a podcast should be is really audio only. Um, but I think a lot of people are starting to use the terms more interchangeably, and I think we're just going to kind of see them merge. Podcasters are shooting more video, and vloggers are you know you can repurpose your audio from your video blog as a podcast and i don't know over time i think they're just becoming more and more one and the same yeah we've sometimes used just snippets from the videos to from a video podcast to just like run on facebook to get people interested in the podcast but uh, yeah that's the only time we'd use it what do you think is the ideal length for a podcast you know if i don't really one if there can yeah. be one I don't really think there's an ideal answer to that. I think, um, you know, as as deep as the conversation needs to be to to provide value to your audience, which is probably not the the answer that you know anybody listening would want to mm -hmm. hear. But if if you bring on somebody that's breaking down a very specific business tactic and they can break down that entire tactic in a 15 minute episode, I don't think it's entirely necessary to make a two-hour episode where only 15 minutes of it is the value that that person 
was you know bringing to the audience mm-hmm. right you see that a lot with with books where you have like a 250 page book but the 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 sort of thesis of the book could be summed up in a paragraph but they <laughs> write a whole book around this one paragraph i think the same can go for podcasting um you know there there's some people that we've had on our show that are just so fascinating and have so many good ideas and so many good thoughts and every question we ask they just have amazing answers for that we end up having two hour episodes with those people. And then we have some people that come on the show that are just very matter of fact, here's what I do, here's how we break it down, here's the process that you can follow, and the whole episode's done in 20 minutes. Who's to say which one is more valuable to people? One is an amazing conversation with a ton of gold nuggets in it. One is a very Mm -hmm. succinct tactic that somebody could go and listen to and apply quickly. So I I really think that it's almost too subjective of a question to have a, uh, mm-hmm. a very specific answer to it was just like one is a lot of gold nuggets in it and the second one is like a gold brick that's just thrown at your face at the beginning of like the first 15 <laughs> minutes i'm like pithy basically exactly. uh, what are the best platforms then what are the best platforms you felt for your podcast like what do you think are the good platforms to launch a podcast on so when you say platform what do you, what do you mean by that can you be apple more... podcasts spotify uh where do you uh put the podcasts so the way the way we do it is our our podcasts go on Libsyn, which is our hosting mm-hmm. company for the podcasting, and then um, Libsyn essentially distributes it to all of those places. So it'll go out to Apple, it'll go out to Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, all of the the major platforms. The podcast goes out to them. As as far as what I listen to podcasts on, I love listening to podcasts on Overcast. Um, mm. that, that's my favorite platform to listen on. Um, as far as promoting the podcast and, and sort of steering people where they should listen, uh, we usually tell people if you're on a you know an Apple device, go listen on Apple. If you're on a, a Google device, go listen on Spotify. So we're we're usually kind of dividing the people between Apple and Spotify for the most part. Okay, fair. And final question: If you had to choose between blogging and podcasting, which one would you choose? Uh, hands down podcasting. <laughs> I, it, it comes so much more naturally and, and easy to me, right? It, it's a lot easier for me to jump mm-hmm. on a phone call and have a 30 minute to 60 minute conversation. And that is the content created, right? Like uh, we jump on the calls, we have another, we have a couple team members that get those recordings and do all the editing and uploading and all that kind of stuff. But as far as the the work that we put into the podcast ourselves, me and my co-host Joe, we jump on the calls, we record the calls, we put the the files in Dropbox, and then everything mm-hmm. else is just kind of handled. When it comes to blogging, I mean, one blog post might take me two weeks to write because I'm spending a whole bunch of time doing an initial outline, and then I'll go through and do a whole bunch of research on the topic so I can uh, cite other, you know, quote other sites and things like that. And it's just a, it's so much. It, I, I feel like a, a, a well written blog post is more fulfilling than a, a great podcast episode. But a, a great podcast episode is so much quicker and easier to to yeah. produce and to consistently maintain. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, I think that was the last question uh, for this month's episode of Outgrow's Marketer of the Month. That was Matt Wolf, who is the co-founder of Evergreen Profits. Uh, thanks for joining us, Matt. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I had a lot of fun. Do check out their website and podcast for more details and we'll see you once again next month with another Market of the Month.